Hey friend, welcome to episode 158 of the Dealer Playbook Podcast. If you're new here, I'm your host, Michael Cirillo. The Dealer Playbook uh, as a podcast is all about enhancing your career in the retail automotive industry. So from sales to service, finance, uh, leadership, it really doesn't matter. The whole show is about enhancing your career. So thanks for checking it out. Now, make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you're listening right now so that you get notified when new episodes go live each week. I love when I see individuals within the industry doing something that's unique and out of the box. In this episode, you'll hear from the car lady, Christine Mitchell, who shares how hosting meetups at your dealership can boost customer retention, loyalty, and satisfaction. That's this week on The Dealer Playbook. Here we go. following your posts on social, especially LinkedIn. Um, I love anybody in this industry who's just putting out positive vibes. I tend to gravitate towards because I think there are so there's such a need for this. And I love your unique spin on how you are empowering not only um, dealers, but customers. But but before we dive into a lot of the things that the, the cool things that you have going on, how, how did this all come about? How did the car lady come about? Yeah, it's uh, it's been a labor of love, that's for sure. So I've been the car lady now for 22 years, but I got into the industry when I was about 16, and my first job was in the lube pit. And uh, when I apprenticed out of the store and I got my license, I was the only girl. And at the time when I got my license, there were 63 guys in the class and only me. <laughs> and um, they tried to get rid of me. I wouldn't go. And so I worked in the shop for quite a long time doing this and that. And then when I found out I was expecting 22 years ago, I had to get out of the shop right away because it's an interesting phenomenon. Normally you have maternity leave when the baby comes, but when you're right. in a technical aspect, you know, you've got to get out right away. So I thought at the time, General Motors, who I worked for, was doing what they used to call smart care clinics. So they had overhead projector with slides and an easel and and so I had been asked to teach it at my store because they felt I had a decent voice and um, I enjoyed interacting with guests and customers. So I started doing that. So basically, the car lady started with $300 and the worst looking flyers you've ever seen. <laughs> and I went door to door to all the GM stores and said, listen, if you want to do smart care, I'll teach it for you. And that's how it basically all started for me. So it was a, it was, it was a necessity. It was a, you know, it was, it was needed. And that's how basically I started. And then when the writing was on the wall in 2008, um, I expanded my reach into uh, different makes and models. But typically, uh, I was mostly working with the domestics at that point. And I did women's clinics, like we women's only programs as well. And so we morphed the smart care into what we call now Know Your Car Night. And it's an opportunity to bring guests back to the dealership. But basically, this is what I've been doing for the last 22 years, being the car lady. Uh, you know, I'm always I, I'm interested because, you know, like other guests that I've had on the show, uh, 2008 comes up often, right? Like just this economic downturn, you, you know, like you said, things kind of changed. The The writing was on the wall. Um, how did the, what did that time period look like for you? Because I, I know a lot of people go. Oh yeah, cool. Another person that made it through that and something cool stemmed from, but I mean, what was that like for you? Like, was it, was it 
when you say writing on the wall, take me into that. Like, was it, was it, oh yeah, writing's on the wall. I just have to pivot here. Or how did those, how did the idea to evolve this thing come about? Well, the evolution of the program became, um, it was sort of was recession proof for a long time because when times were good, dealerships wanted to pay the extra money to have me come and to do the events. And it was sort of a heyday. Right. And then when times got tough, I spun the program into, listen, you know, even if you're not making what you were making before, I'm sort of recession proof in the fact that um, you, now is more important than ever to hang on to the customers you've got. And the car lady, the name, the name came out of necessity because I didn't name myself. Actually, every dealership I would go to, somebody would say, hey, there's that car lady. And so it was actually chosen for me. I didn't choose it myself. But um in 2008, you could see the panic, right? You could see that it wasn't going to be just about the sale anymore. It was going to be about retention. And now that's morphed itself into what we call customer experience. You hear people all the time, trainers talking about customer experience. But back in the 2008, I think I was one of the few, if not the only, doing that sort of an experience for guests where they purchased the vehicle and now what? I see a lot of people selling cars and training to sell cars, but I think I've been one of the few voices, and there's lots out there, but one of the few voices that have said, okay, now you've sold the cars, now what? Because if we don't retain the customers we've got and we don't keep them coming back, the showroom is going to be empty. As you know, and I'm sure your guests have said in the past, if you're standing there waiting for ups, you'll starve to death. And so, (laughs) right? It's a, you know, you've got to get proactive and it's only, I think in the last maybe 10 years that we've seen that evolution, but that was born from 2008 where the heyday of the dealership and the big showroom and the lights. And it was the, you know, the program going in to get the car sort of morphed itself into, okay, now we've got them sold. Now what? And that's where car lady comes into play. This is so interesting because you're right. It's, um, Let's just keep going for that low funnel or that mid to low funnel interaction. Let's just care about that enough. And we so rarely care. We so rarely care about um, refilling our hopper, like refilling with opportunities and keeping those opportunities, even though I think you've heard it now in the last 20 some odd years that you've been doing this. It's it's um, we love using buzzwords like retention, repeat and referral and all these sorts of things. We rarely consider what does that actually look like at the ground level? Like what does that actually take to get or garner more repeat and referral business? So take me inside of like, how, how does this all work? Is it just an event? Is it an after hours thing? How, yeah, how does it's it? An after hours thing. Yeah. So the program itself is uh, typically, we typically schedule a year in advance. And uh, what we do with, with the dealerships we work with is we uh, set them up for a system. Oh, there's that dog. <laughs> <laughs> We set them up for a system of success where we actually register guests as they take delivery of the vehicle. So, you know, during the delivery process today, it's a different phenomenon than it was years ago where you handed the customer the keys and the books and they went home and you just assumed that they were coming back to the store for service. Well, right. now they've got so many more options. And so Know Your Car Night is an opportunity to bring them back to the store to learn about the car they bought. And so we actually do turnkey service where we actually train the salespeople on how to register guests at delivery. We work with them on uh, social media. We work with them on in email invitations and registration phone calls. And then we host the entire event for them because a lot of stores want to do it, but they just don't have anybody who's going to speak at it. Mm. Right. Public speaking is one of the top fears that people have in the world. And I, luckily I was not afraid of it and made a career from it. 
So the program is an opportunity to bring the customer back after the sale, a second chance at a first impression, an opportunity to thank them for their business and continue to try to earn their business by offering, showing them all the services and features the dealership has to offer. The, what fascinates me about this, because especially this day and age, everything's so digital focused. And, and even as a content individual myself who loves producing content, it's it's our, our minds often go to, well, you know, let's let's make a blog post about X and let's do a video about Y and let's let's think about social posts for Z or Z. If you're listening uh, elsewhere, um, we rarely think about. Yeah, but there's also a content opportunity that you're missing and it's basically a meetup, right? Like it's, right. it's just, Essentially. Yeah. let's, let's take this offline. Or, yeah. Let's take this offline and let's just look these people in the eyes. And then, you know, a vehicle is your second largest vehicle purchase that you're going to make next to your home. Right. And so people want to be thanked. It doesn't matter to me whether they buy a Mercedes or a Hyundai. People want to be thanked for their business. They want to do business with friends and our company motto has been and always will be every year a dealership spends hundreds of thousands of dollars attracting new business. What are you spending to keep it? And Know Your Car Night can bridge that gap between that sale, delivery, and service process. Because as I mentioned before, the delivery has changed in the last 10 years. It used to be, you know, books, keys, buy. Now the customers are spending 45 minutes to an hour in the driveway of the dealership learning how to work all the safety systems, setting up the phone, navigation, Apple CarPlay, Android Play, and they're overwhelmed. And then when they come in for service, they're not sure where to park, who to see, is the dealership of value? Like we speak a lot to winter tires and things like that because customers say to me all the time, I didn't know this dealership had a price match guarantee. I didn't know this dealership had tire storage. I didn't know you guys had detailing here. So those kinds of things we can introduce to the customer in a fun in a fun way. Like it's not Charlie Brown's teacher, right? We keep it moving. We keep the jokes going, but we're educating and we're entertaining. So that's what the New Year Car Night program is really all about. Yeah. And you know, what comes to my mind is, and this is going to sound so ridiculous, but just last week. So as, as many know, I've moved from British Columbia to Alberta. It is substantially cold, more cold here than it was in BC. Um, never in my life growing up in British Columbia, have I even thought about having like a block heater or the fact that I need to plug my vehicle in during mm -hmm. the winter months. Cause it's just so mild. Um, right. I move here and uh, you know, maybe it's a common question or maybe I'm just an idiot. I, I thought, does my vehicle have a block heater? I have no clue. Like <laughs> I have absolutely question. no clue. But most of them don't. And here's a fun fact. It actually takes a block heater only four hours to be effective. So a lot of people run home, plug the car in and let that hydro run all night. But if you actually just went down to the hardware store and bought yourself a Christmas light timer or a light timer that you put on when you're away on holidays mm -hmm. and you set it to start producing power into that cord four hours before you're going to leave the house, you'd actually save yourself a little bit of money. <laughs> so those are the things you'd learn at Know Your Car Night. You don't understand. I'm I'm writing. I'm ferociously <laughs> taking notes about this right now. And and that, that is the exact point. I think mm -hmm. sometimes when we're in the trenches, when our heads are in the sand and we're just going through the motions, things that are so obvious to us because we, we are in it day in and day out are not so obvious to 
um, the the person that purchased the vehicle. And while you might argue, well, I ran off, I, I ran through all of the features and things of that nature with the customer, uh, which is why they purchased the vehicle. Yeah. However, Good. when they, when, yeah, when push right. comes to shove, they just, they don't know. Oh, I had heated seats. I didn't even realize it. Program my phone. I got to go. Right. Yeah. Put totally. my phone in this car. I got to get out of here. I got stuff to do, yeah. but no, your car and I can bring them back and the pressure free. And it's not a sales pitch. We're selling nothing but the dealership. Right. So I'm not there to sell cars. I'm not there to sell extended service contracts. I'll speak to rust protection and paint protection, but I'm not there to sell anything except for the fact that we want to continue to earn and thank you for your business. And that's where the niche is. Hmm. Interesting. Now, for those listening in faraway lands, right? Australia, South Africa, you know, parts of the United States. How, like, how would they, if, if they wanted to just give this a test, how do they, how do they start? Like, how do they, do, do, you, you mentioned public speaking. So we obviously need somebody that knows how to stand in front of a room of people. Right. Yeah. And I, I, and all my, I only hire women, of course, at the car lady. Sorry, guys. Um, but it's hard. You have to find somebody who's got an average to lower voice because nobody wants to listen to this for an hour. Uh, right. You've got to find a woman who's got an average to lower voice and basically a bit of an automotive background. Now the women that I work with, most of them had automotive experience and I, I know a car lady as soon as I meet her, but I think it's really just leaping in and saying, okay, our, our intentions are to educate, entertain, and thank. And if you can produce those three feelings and create a program around what you want the the dealership to say to customers, to thank, educate their customers, then you can create a car clinic for yourself. It's, again, finding someone who's passionate about cars and passionate about the place where they work. And that's why we, we have had a success, because sometimes at the end of the day, it's hard to drum up a little bit more enthusiasm at 630 in the evening if you've been there since 730 in the morning. Mm. But if you can find somebody to do that, you could host a car clinic quite easily and, um, and, and make your customers feel welcome. The first couple of sentences we say at the event and we ask for a show of hands, how many people were surprised that your dealership had this event? And typically we get about 80% of customers put their hands up. Wow. Because they weren't expecting it. They were expecting a goodbye. Yeah. Right. They weren't expecting it to them. And, you know, people come up to you and thank you after the event. They really appreciate the time that you've spent uh, educating them and entertaining them and answering their questions. Because, again, that delivery process can go so quickly that people really feel like, oh, you know, I spent 30, 40, 50, 60,000 dollars in here. I need a little bit more help with this car. Do you see an uh, um, I guess an offset? effect on an increase in reviews happiness i mean we know the happiness thing they're obviously much more happy but do you see a turnaround where those customers are more willing to maybe submit reviews or give feedback or or fill out a survey or just something more like are you able to extract that kind of data out of them while they're on site or is it more like all right yep thanks this was awesome information i really like this dealership and we'll see you at the next one kind of a thing Well, that's great. That's a great question. We actually, my company actually provides a comment card and a golf pencil to everybody in the room so they can give us live feedback. How did you feel about the event? Was there anything you would have improved on? Mm -hmm. Um, I've had a couple of cards come back that said the event could have been improved with free beer. (laughs) (laughs) 
what I think was a bad idea. You, you were that was in the Maritimes. You, that, you did that one in the Maritimes. Well, we actually did alcohol. We actually did wine at an event once. I won't say which dealership. And I don't know how much the gentleman had before he came, but he was at the sample table trying these little wines and. I'm teaching the show. Like I can't monitor that. And, and he got in his car and hit a couple of units on the way out the door. So uh, with his own car. So that was the end of the alcohol. <laughs> car. One bad apple spoiled the bunch for us, but um, some stores want me, like we customize it to each individual dealership. So some stores are really proactive with the reviews. Like they really want that Google review. They really want that Facebook or social media platform interaction. So we can speak to that at the event and say, listen, everybody get your phone out. If you'd like to give us a quick review, we'd really love it. And I always encourage the stores to use the program for social media as well. Everybody's begging for content. And it's a no brainer to shoot a video of six, you know, 40 to 60 satisfied customers who came back to your store. at a know your car night event. And you could even interview people after the, after the event, there's a few stores that have done that extremely well. Like for example, Acura Pickering, They've got a video on YouTube where they actually grabbed a couple of people after the event and said, you know, how did you like it? Did you, you know, did you feel it benefited you? And, and there's just an infinite amount of value in that to, so, cause other people will read the reviews. Have you read a lot of reviews from dealerships in the past? Um, no, though I'm, I'm kind of in a different situation in that I, I work with so many. And so I, I kind of get the, the objective look into their operations versus. Right. Well, well, I'll tell you, nobody talks about their payment. Everybody talks about how they were treated. Mm. Nobody talks about the haggling or the negotiating. Very, very few people discuss that in their review. Everyone talks about how it felt and how they were treated. And if you can catch them at a know your car night before they even send in your manufacturer's review, you've got an opportunity to nip something in the bud that can increase your CSI and your overall satisfaction with guests at your dealership. So it's a win for everybody. What is it like? What should somebody expect to? I, I have a couple of questions here. You, you've got my mind that the hamsters are running around on the on the <laughs> wheel up here. Um, what what does it like? What's an investment look like in order to put this thing on? Because I know I know human nature. We go, yep, we've got to have the drinks. We got to have the hors d'oeuvres. We got to have the showroom set up. We got to move things around. We got to this. We gotta, and they just kind of go overboard. But is it really? Like if for somebody that just wanted to try this for themselves, what should they be expecting to put into this to make it to make it work? Yeah, it's not dinner. Like you want to offer your guests a light refreshment, but you can do that quite easily by getting a couple of trays from a grocery store. Right. And you don't have to have dinner. People aren't expecting a meal. The programs are typically held in the evening because the shops open during the day. So what you really need to have at your store is you'll need to have a presenter, somebody who's got a bit of an idea of where they'd like to go. Um, again, we have a scripted program, so we're prepared for any maker model. But you want to make sure you've got a presenter, which is somebody on staff. You want to make sure you've got some refreshments. You're going to have to rent some chairs. And I would offer that your guests a gift or some sort of a carrot for coming. And that can vary, right? So it could be swag. It could be a gift card for, for the service department. It could be... Um, the only thing you don't want to offer is, uh, say a coupon for something they may have already purchased. Mm. Like I've had a couple of stores say, Oh, we'll give everybody a hundred dollars off something in F and I, and then you've got that customer sitting there who already paid for it. <laughs> so right. that's a bit of a mutiny, but you basically need to just move a couple of cars out of the showroom, swing them right back to the shop so you can use them for your demo. Set up some chairs, have a presenter with an idea of where they're going, some refreshments and a gift. 
and just welcome people back to your store. Thank you for buying from us. Here's what we have to offer you now. And uh, everybody and people really enjoy it. The comments are excellent from the event because people don't expect it. Like I said, 80% of people didn't expect to hear from their store. How, what's the process of getting people back? Are you just picking up the phone and saying, we're doing this? Is it an email? Like, what do you find sticks the best? Well, at the car lady, we actually train the dealership on how to do a registration process because I feel it can't be an invitation. It can't be a two-week scramble where we like, snap, this thing's coming up. We got to get going. What we do when we sign the dealership is we actually work with that store on site. Mm-hmm. So I'll go into the sales meeting and make sure everybody's on the same page of what we're doing, why we're doing, and how we're doing it. And then we register the guests who take delivery because, again, during that delivery, they're overwhelmed with technology. And if the salesperson can say to them, hey, listen, I know we've gone over a lot of information here and I want to thank you for your time and your business. I've registered you for the next Know Your Car Night here at the dealership. That would go a long way. And then you send out an email and then you make a confirmation phone call typically. But I think it has to come from a registration perspective. It can't be an invitation. Invitation is optional. Registration lends itself to this is the culture, the way we do business. And the same way we handed you an owner's manual, this is what you get when you buy a car from XYZ motors right so that it it lends itself to the culture the way we do business i really like my stores now yeah so a lot of my stores now are also using the program for uh prospecting because at the event at know your car night we're selling nothing but ourselves right Mm -hmm. we're selling the benefits of the service department the parts department places those guests are going to spend the next four years the showroom's great you can have a most beautiful showroom in the world but if you can't get them back from service you're not going to get them back to buy their next car, right? So um, a lot of stores use the program now for prospecting as well. So I'll say to, you know, a lot of, some of my stores do a show every month. They move in two or 300 units a month. They do a show every month. And so I'll say to the sales guys, hey, listen, if do you have somebody who didn't make a decision last month, who you'd like to reach out to, but you've run out of reasons to call, mm. you've run out of reasons to say, Hey, did you make a decision about that Corolla? Did you make a decision about that CRV? And now you could say to them, Hey, listen, we're having a free event here at the dealership. We'd love you to come. Why don't you come and learn about us as a business? Let me earn your business and trust. Wow. And then you bring them into the store and you get the car lady to teach them everything they need to know about the facility and fun and entertaining way. And, uh, and you run with it. And it just gives people a better feeling about where they're buying. Because, you know, most people shop online. But if you can get them into the store to actually see what you have to offer and into the showroom, I think it's a win. Yeah. And not only that, it, the brilliance of it. Okay. First of all, this is brilliant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because, well, because the brilliance of it is, um, I can't remember the doctor's name, but the six laws of persuasion, law of mm-hmm. reciprocity being the first one. I love this because, A, you are, I, I, I don't want to use clever because sometimes we use the word clever like we're, we're acting out that scene in Jurassic Park where the velociraptor sneaks behind you and is being all sneaky. Not that kind of clever, but for lack of better words, it's clever because you, you take this prospective customer or client right. and you inject them into an environment of, of newly acquired customers, newly purchased right. clients yeah. who are all raving and reviewing about you. Yeah, they're happy, right? <laughs> they're all happy people sitting in the room, eating their sandwiches, 
<laughs> and I get to explain to them the difference between hub centric and center cut rim, rims, right? I get to explain to them the difference between going to quick lube and coming back here. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a complete, uh, you know, people love it. I mean, I, you can't have this business for 22 years. I have no stock, no overhead, no office floor space. You can't have a company like this and run it on goodwill and a handshake. And a lot of times, and I've had relationships with my stores for a long time, Cambridge Toyota, actually, I still do their events and that they were the first store I ever signed. And that was 22 years ago. I still do their shows. Yeah, well, it's just incredible validation at how valuable this can can be because mm-hmm. you, you've now got this this back end process, right? Um, but but now you've just shared how you can also make it a front end process, and I think that is that is something. It's a differentiator, you know. Uh, right. One of the past episodes, I had Brian Benstock on the show, who's the general manager of Paragon Honda, just a just a forward thinking individual, and. You said something at the beginning, you talk, you know, in talking about 2008, the economic downturn, he talked about that as well. But from the position of, hey, guys, we've had 10 years of plenty. We've had 10 years of low interest. We've had 10 years of like all these things. You would be naive to think that this isn't going to happen again. And so it is, you know, I see a program like this, a meetup, an event, something that gets people back out to your store as a differentiator, because it is like you said, um, Christine, it's keeping you proactive. It's keeping you active and not reactive. And, and we find, you know, the next time and I'm not a I'm not a fear mongerer, but like the next time there is an economic downturn, it is the dealerships that are doing different, unique things such as this education, loyalty, retention that are going to not just survive, but they'll actually probably thrive and grow during those periods. Yeah. And a lot of people will come back to the store. Like if I go back into the store, like a month later, like I'll give you an example. I would, I host the programs for Don Valley North Toyota and I had gone in to host the event the next month after, you know, they do a show every month and a lady was sitting there in the service department. And uh, she said to me, car lady, car lady. And I said, Oh, hi, how are you? And she, I said, how's the car? Cause I can't remember her or the car she drives. Sure. I see three people a night. She goes, Oh, I'm great. She said, I'm coming in here for winter tires. You told me it was important to get winter tires. And now I'm here to get them. Mm-hmm. This woman had never had winter tires before in her life, but somebody told her why they're important, what they do for her and how the dealership can help her. And now she's back to buy a set of winter tires. And that's a great example of how, it builds that relationship with the customer. And I think people often think, oh, well, we can't afford to have the event. Like, it's not that expensive to put on, even even to get your good friend Christine Mitchell to come in. Right, right. <laughs> I'm here to help. How often, right? I mean, how often should dealers be doing this? Is it dependent on how much they're selling or? Yeah, we base it on volume. So we have some stores that do a show every month because they have the volume to support it. And typically you'll get about 25 to 35% of your guests back. Some people just live too far away and they're not going to come for whatever reason. So if you move a hundred units, typically you'll get about 30% of those people back if you've been registering it. And typically I think a number between 30 and 50 guests is a nice to work with. I've had shows where we've had over a hundred before, but you sort of lose that personal touch. I like to keep the numbers somewhere around 40 to 50, maybe 60 people. Um, and the um, programs themselves typically take about an hour and a half for us to get through everything. And um, so it's based on, again, on volume. So we have some stores that, again, sell a lot of cars. And we have some stores that are smaller. 
that are wonderful stores, but they're only moving probably four or 500, maybe 600 units a year. And so we will do a spring and fall event for them. Right. So we can customize it any way you want. I have a lot of stores that do quarterly. I have some small stores that do spring, fall. I have some stores that do every month. It just depends on how many cars they sell. Yeah. And, and I think that's valuable to know because guaranteed one of the one of the challenges I find in the social media age is people comparing themselves out of context. So they might see, oh, man, see, we can't keep up. This dealership in in the middle, you know, heart of the GTA is doing these things once a month and we we don't even sell that many cars. How can we do this? And it's like, well, first of all, uh, you're in you're in freaking Balzac, British Columbia, or you're you're in Doglick, Nebraska. You, you or can't Mild, Ontario where I live. Yeah. Mild village, the village of Mild May. Is it is it actually a village? It's a village. We got a thousand people. We have one traffic light and no Tim Hortons. That's how small my town is. <laughs> no. I always say my town is so small that if you don't know what you do and all your neighbors do. <laughs> that now, now, if you wondered, is Christine Canadian like yours truly? She just gave it away by saying there's no Tim Hortons. <laughs> no Tim Hortons here. And the closest and people say, well, how far away? If I go into Toronto, they go, well, how far away is Starbucks? <laughs> and I say, well, Kitchener is about an hour and a half south. Oh, my God. That used to revive. I go, yeah, we do all right here. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, you know, well, we we live, we we cover ourselves with buffalo hide, and yeah, it's like, come on, guys. It's, we don't uh, even have a dealership. We just ride Polaris snowmobiles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're powered by huskies. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of stores also spend money on advertising still in media, like in print media. And mm-hmm. I had a store the other couple of weeks ago said, well. You know, we're advertising in the sun and things like that. And I think that's great if that's what you want to do. But for the money that you spend on one newspaper ad that's going to be in your recycle bin the next day, you could have had to know your car night. Mm. Right. Think about that. Reallocate the funds so so that they're more effective. Yeah. Instead of, you know, something that's going to line the birdcage, so to speak, to use old vernacular. Right. right. Yeah. You could have had 40 people in your store and all those people are going to go home and say, guess what I did last night? Uh, Walkerton Toyota had me in for a know your car name. What's that? Oh, they had me in. Well, they didn't do that at my dealership. So, it, it, you know, for that, for that little expense, you could have had a word of mouth, particularly in a small town. Talk about, you know, spreads quickly. Yeah. Um, everybody would have known that you care about those customers. So here's a question then on along that vein. Is there any element of this that is conquest e in nature like oh man well my my dealership didn't do that for me well hey listen we're doing one and we're gonna we're gonna show you some of the things that you should know does that get people that have already purchased from other stores into your dealership typically uh well it depends whether or not they know the event is happening right so if it's on social media or they do advertise it somewhere then other people may come in but i think if you're going to do a conquest thing the biggest consumer that you want to target is women Women are the largest consumer of automobiles at this point with purchasing power, you know, in the billions. So sometimes if we have a store that says, okay, well, we're not ready to commit to a know your car night, but we wouldn't mind doing a women. We wouldn't mind bringing people to our lot. I'll typically offer them a women at the wheel event. So we call our ladies car night uh, women at the wheel because I think it puts women in the driver's seat of their own cars. And we can open that up to a community event where you can say, okay. You're going to have a women at the wheel event, invite every woman that lives within a so mile radius 
and have them come to the dealership. I don't care what they drive. I'll teach them anything they need to know about the car they bought, but we'll bring them into the showroom. We'll give them a snack and then we'll go through five basic maintenance items, right? And this is what we do here. And it's an opportunity to bring women onto your lot who've maybe never been there before. Women at the wheel is a great experience for women because they get to ask questions and the program's taught by a woman. Yeah, I, I think that's so powerful, uh, especially this day and age. You know, it was funny for me sitting, I was at NADA um, and they, I was sitting in the time, whatever they do, the time dealer of the year award and time magazine puts this thing together with NADA. It was interesting to see, I don't know the exact numbers, so this is a bit of a, an exaggerating, exaggerated guess, but like 80 men to like four women on that stage that were dealers. And, uh, it, it was interesting to kind of see the, the, the contrast right in front of my eyes, right. um, the things that we talk about. And so I, there, there is power in, in this concept of just engaging, uh, not just female shoppers, but repeat customers, um, people within the store, whether it's service, uh, uh, technicians or sales representatives or things of that nature. I think that, that what you're just talking about there is super powerful just to engage um, yeah. women at every facet of a dealership. Last year, I was so proud to there every year there's uh, on piggy on the end of the automotive remarketing conference mm -hmm. in Toronto. There's a women, there's a women in auto and automotive conference for women in the industry. Right. And last year, I was so happy they gave me a profiles and leadership award. You know, I felt like my Academy Award for all the miles <laughs> driven and all the hands shook and all the questions sure. answered. Um, but so now I felt that my role as a woman who's been doing this for a long time is to reach out to other women in the industry. So I'm working with a couple of ladies now trying to help them build their own brand because the car lady has been a brand onto itself that was created and born from just getting out there and hustling. So I think, you know, if, again, back to my point, if you're going to stand in the showroom and wait for ups, you're going to starve to death. I think if you're going to get women that are going to work in the sales environment and we want more women obviously in that environment we have to train them as a brand ambassador and how to help them and you know with marketing and things like that so as someone who's been doing this a long time I, i'm happy to reach out to other women and actually uh the conference has been great but i've actually reached out to a small group of leaders in the industry and we're going to be having our own initiative a collective so to speak um, about how to mentor other women, how to get more women involved in the business, how to get more women involved in the industry and uh, mentor them and help them be as successful as some of the men we've seen. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so powerful. And, and on that note, uh, I love this conversation. I love, I, I've got pages of ideas ju here just floating in my brain now. And uh, so I want to turn it over to you. How can those listening get in touch with you to learn more? If you want to get in touch with me, you can reach me on my website, thecarlady.ca, or you can reach out to me on my social media, The Car Lady Canada, or you can go through my website and give me a call on my cell. I got a phone call today and the lady said, is this the car lady? And I said, yeah, I didn't think I'd actually get you. I said, listen, I manage my business. When you phone <laughs> that number, you get the real car lady. <laughs> That's awesome. So awesome. Thank you so much for joining me on the Dealer Playbook Podcast. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure and drive safe. <laughs>